Welcome to Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. I'm Stephanie Birch. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are here this morning to talk with you about all things food and fun in the Twin Cities. And my kid's birthday. And it's your kid's <laughs> birthday. My Ellie is an adult today. She's been She's an adult. She's been for an a adult. While, but, you know. Come on. I was saying to Steph, and I'll just give you fair warning, people. I've already cried twice. Okay. Good enough. I know. Hope. Just like feeling get, all get, emotional. Get ready to play the music if it starts to break down. Okay. I don't know how we're going to fade out of this one. Hope is back, by the way. Yes. Hope's been on vacation. Yes. So how was your vacation? You it was good. I went back to my hometown. I went to a music festival. And yeah, it's been a great month. You love busy, it. busy, and fun. That's good. Well, yes. We're glad to have you back, though. Yes. Myself. Sunny did well, but we love our <laughs> yeah, Hopi in the morning. I'm happy to be back as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Um, yeah, it's a great, should be a great day today. Here's my weather report. I don't know. It was kind of humid. Not too bad out there. I'm hoping it doesn't rain because my lids are off my Jeep. So I was know. at the up- Uptown Art Fair yesterday afternoon judging the culinary contest. Yeah. Whoa, was it hot? Was it hot? Holy moly. Like sunny, well, humid. Around all of that asphalt and people and, and like machines. one o'clock ish and the stage was black and was it I covered? was just but not where we were yeah oh. covered for the contestants but yeah. which was weird because they're cooking and it's hot yeah but oh my gosh i was sweating my face off oh i tell you sweating 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 and sweating and sweating yep yeah that's i don't know i think it's uh it's definitely gonna be humid today but i don't know if it's i feel like there's a crack in the hotness i feel like it's there's a little undercurrent already starting you know what stephanie kurt always makes fun of me because about this time of year when i go up to the lake the light is different yeah and it's fall light yeah and i'm always like oh it's starting he's like stop you are not allowed to say it's fall till after labor day you definitely have this is the camp of minnesotans you have one side that is just gonna i mean they do not want to hear a dang thing about about fall until we hit labor day like i don't want to hear it i want to talk about it i'm gonna live every hot second of this hot sweltery month and everything and they're not going to look at the Target school supplies, and they're not going right. to think about it. And then you have <laughs> some of us who are like, oh, yeah, bring it on. Leaves are changing. I'm there. Like, let's go buy all the school supplies right now. I let, my sister bought all the kids' school supplies two yeah. days ago. I was like, really? Before the fair? Yeah, I know. I am a little bit in both. I'm a little, I, my toe dips into, because I really, when I was on my run last week, I saw the acorn smash. That's always my first sign. When the acorns start falling, I know we're in it. And then right across the street, my neighbor's tree turns. The first one always, it's always turning. It has begun. And as a runner, those acorns are a real pain in the arse. Well, they're scary because you can totally roll your ankle. (laughs) Having done it. Yes. So it is a little frightening. But I will say, uh, I don't mind. I mean, it's been nice in the mornings to go for runs. Yes. So that is another piece of it. Although the allergies seem to be kind of freaky this year right now. Yeah. Today is better, but the last couple of days haven't been so awesome. Mm Mm-mm. Um, so that's our weather report, that's our, weather our report. health report, our personal emotional feelings as we come to the show today. I know, I know. Um, and just letting you guys know, we uh, we did the State Fair beer list came out this week. I feel like it was a hundred years ago. I know, ago. I do too. I feel like that has so been discussed and this is like we're already into 2020, but it wasn't. We did have a whole discussion about the State Fair beer as a preview on the uh, podcast on a stick. So I want to let you guys know that if you want to hear all that stuff, you should go over there. Um, we won't double dip too hard. Although 
Uh, we are excited about it. Yeah, and we will talk about it a little bit in the second hour today. Oh, you have it over I here. Do. Okay, I didn't see you had that on the list. I do. Uh, but we do have something on the Facebook that I want you guys to dip over to because it is really fun and funny. Uh, there was a tweet I saw earlier this week from a guy called Non-Player Character, and I thought it was great. It was, your Minnesota State Fair beer mashup is the last thing you ate, plus the word summer, plus your last outdoor activity. Okay, so mine... So- was and then you have to describe it too. So mine was sandwich summer Jeep riding, which is a sassy ready lager with perhaps a bug in your teeth from time to time. Okay, so mine would be the last thing you ate. Izzy's ice cream. Izzy's okay. salted caramel. Okay. So salted caramel caramel summer, summer outdoor activity you did. Biking, biking, cycling, yeah. salted caramel summer, summer cycling. cycling. That's pretty that's good. That's a great name for a beer. See, that's your Minnesota <laughs> State Fair beer mashup. So, what would you describe it? Your beer is a sassy. Uh, maybe yours is like a deep amber with a little bit of a salted rim and a caramel note. Yes, while <laughs> two wheeling <laughs> down the avenue. <laughs> So anyway, we've got some really great... Uh, What's so funny about that is when we talk about the State Fair beers in hour two, yeah. just the names of some of them but absolutely fall in line with this. This is so great. One of my favorite new ones is Patio Potato Summer Dog Park. Um, starchy. Very starchy. That's the description <laughs> she gave. There's such good creativity here. I love it. So d- dial in and add in your summer beer name because it's totally worth it. I love it. So good. Uh, okay, where'd you eat this week? Ah, boy, I ate a lot of things this week and uh, none of them too bad, really. Um, I'm going to just tell you. Okay. Okay. So it's been a week of Izzy's ice cream. Right. Uh, It has been a week of, I'm just looking here. All I've done is eat like everywhere on the go. You are totally in your uh, phone looking at your pictures. Oh, I went to Revival. Okay. I went to um, Tavern on Grand and had walleye. Yep. And talk about a place that's been there for a really long time that maybe gets overlooked. Yeah. It's still good. It's still good. Like the walleye was good. I had a piece of blackened walleye that I loved. They were doing trivia night. It was fun. I went to Tattersall. I had a couple cocktails. I'm just looking in my phone to see. Yeah. Oh, uh, the Naughty Greek. You know the sandwich that we love? That's the pita with the fries in it and the pork and all the good vegetables? Yeah, that's your sandwich. That's not mine. Well, now, Stephanie, they have it naked. So it's oh. going to be your sandwich, See, too, because it's no but bread. I don't want fries in my sandwich. I'm anti-fry in my sandwich situation. I would encourage you to try it with naked with the lettuce wrap. Because all the fry does, first of all, they can't put as many fries in there. So it's less. It really flavors the sandwich. But that's a problem for me. I okay, don't want, I like to- I don't want a fry flavor. Here's my deal. I love fries. You know I love fries. I want my fries on the side. I don't want my fries in a sandwich. I don't want it on my burger. I don't I don't I don't want a big weird potatoey presence in a sandwich. But don't you put potato chips in your sandwich sometimes? No, I don't. And that's different. That's a crunch thing. You a fry is going to give you a potato like, you know, thing. Okay. Or, uh, I mean, a chip is just basically the thinnest possible expression of it. And it's just for crunch. I would put those. I put those on my hot dogs. But I just say I don't I love fries. I just don't want them in my sandwich. OK, she's so, a purist. There it is. I get it. Um, Revival's collards, by the way. Collard greens. Very good. OK. Like just buttery and really, really delicious. Um, I had my last meal at Corner Table this week. 
I saw. Yeah. Tell and me it about was it. quite lovely. And it was just so great to see everybody there who was there, you know, during the times when it was magical and, and marvelous. Was it the same people, probably? Well, yeah. And Kyle, so many Kyle the old chef, was there behind the line. He's been at Food and Stable for a while, but he came back and worked shifts with Karin. And they did this whole tasting menu. And they brought back, you know, the Beef Wellington. And they brought back some of the other classic dishes. And I sort of just had, you know, we just sort of sat at the corner table, whereas, you know, we kind of sat at the table we used to sit at all the time. And it was marvelous. And the wines that flowed. And the, I mean, like, Nick opened some stuff from the cellar that was kind of ungodly. We had a Chablis that I was like, that's not a Chablis. And it was just mind-bending. Uh, we call those Chablis. Yeah, Chablis. <laughs> I had a Chablis. I had a Chablis. <laughs> but it was, it was really lovely, and it was just bittersweet. And I kind of, I'm glad I wasn't there on Wednesday, which was the last final day, because I don't think I could have handled everybody's emotions because it was already like some of the staff brent who's a guy who's uh been a server there forever um and it's sort of like a sort of a manager um and i've known him forever since you know ocean air days and it was just sort of it was crazy how emotional everybody was will so, those people be absorbed by the other locations will they move to other places it's kind of all up in the air some yeah. people are done some people are Lori, the uh the psalm who was always kind of one of my favorite psalms there She's done. And so she's going to go figure out else, what else she wants to do and, and move on to something else. And then we'll see. You yeah. know, there's other people who are like, well, they'll go work somewhere else for a while. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Karen's still on board. So we'll, yeah, and there's the no chef. news as far as like what they haven't really decided what it's going to turn into yet. Here's one thing that I hope it's not. One more barbecue place. Because our but I, they wouldn't need that. They already I know, have that. But aren't you feeling like... I just, everywhere I turn, it's like, oh, this new barbecue place is open. There's a lot of barbecue all of a sudden in town. That's true, but I don't think there's too much, I guess, because I feel like if you get a good barbecue place, it's almost like, how many pizza places are there? My God. Good point. There's so many pizza places. Good point. And I think people tend to do that where they find the one that fits them or is close to them, and then that's their place. So what do you think the next thing is? Like, are you seeing trendy, like... Because I think barbecue has no, been trendy. No, we're on the barbecue wave for sure. Yep. We're d- and we're not done. We're not even close to being done. Okay. Um, I think the southern food is a big thing. And I think that that's kind of on the way. I ate at North Coop finally in um, Excelsior. I know a lot of people were like, have you eaten there? And it's this cute little place off of uh, 41 and 7 out by the Arboretum. And I got to tell you, their biscuits were legit. They they actually sent us some biscuits out because we didn't order them and they're like, we have some extras in the kitchen. I don't know if that's true or not, but they sent them and they were, they were, thank God they sent them. They were amazing. And then I loved their fried chicken. I didn't love their hot chicken, but that's just, I'm I'm very particular about my hot chicken, but the crispiness on the real chicken. And I think I wouldn't mind there being more fried chicken homey places like that around. Uh Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Chicken fried steak. Oh, God, no. When was the last time you had that? I never will eat that. (laughs) That is not appropriate. Stephanie, you have had like three moments of turning your nose up at things. Oh, because you don't like and love things and hate things either? Like, isn't that this entire show where you are like, you love something or you don't like it? Yeah, I'm pretty black and white in that regard. There's very little gray area in my my life, period. You've just hit my notes. That's all this morning. (laughs) All right, we're going to take a quick break, you guys. When we come back, I'm hoping that we have Mr. Kieran Folliard here as he can talk about his new space in Northeast. Excuse me. And then... We just have a great show today. We're going to talk about um, a play that Hanson and I saw last night. I well, we're going to have an arts section, an arts break. Oh, we're going to have an we're arts break. We're going to talk about break. the arts. We're also going to talk about the Garlic Fest coming up and those state fair beers. So we will be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk 1. 
everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us this Saturday. We are being joined in studio by Mr. Kieran Folliard. Good morning, sir. <laughs> Good morning. How are you? I am uh, tolerably well. Well, that's all we can ask for, I think. (laughs) Of course, chewing. I know, right? We have some (laughs) treats. We have some treats, and so we might be chewing while we're talking. Uh, Kieran has just launched. I mean, this is a man who is doesn't know how to not launch things. I guess that's kind of your thing. But uh, of course, he has just launched Kieran's Kitchen in Northeast, which is the new cafe deli market in the food building, which you also launched, right? This is correct, yes. Okay. And um, we opened up yesterday morning, 7 a.m. It, it is an all-day uh, cafe and market and bar as well. Of course, you have to have a bar. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's, But its mission is really to drive craft uh, foods and to promote them and drive them, specifically the craft foods that we actually make within food building itself. Now, who is in food building now? Well, it started out with uh, my partnership with Mike Phillips, a uh, uh, fantastic craftsman himself with the uh, Salumi uh, business, uh, Red Table Meat Company. Right, which is too lovely. It is. They're doing an amazing job, and he's actually really uh, innovating right now and creating some new products uh, uh, for specifically just for the kitchen, for Kieran's Kitchen. Uh, oh. The Induya that he's making is mm. unbelievable. I yeah. mean, we're trying to use it in just about everything. Yeah. <laughs> Me and joke and a do little it. bit. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. And then, of course, partnership with Steve Horton uh, with Bakersfield uh, Flower Creative and Bread. Genius. And fantastic. They are all, uh, they're amazing um, uh, characters uh, with unbelievable skill mm-hmm. and passion for and the talent that they mm-hmm. do, talent for what they do. So, we're stone milling uh, flour for the first time in over 100 years in Minneapolis. And then we are um, naturally leavening the, the breads. Mm-hmm. Through commercial yeast. Uh, The grain is predominantly uh, from Minnesota, uh, but there is uh, one Did you say it like that on purpose? Like Minnesota. Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) It might have something to do with 32 years being here. That has a bit of the influence. Uh, Mid-Atlantic or mid-somewhere. Midwest. That's where we are. That's where we are, not Mid-Atlantic. Yes. Um, And uh, and one farm in uh, in North Dakota. And then we just formed, because obviously we had uh, the Lone Grazer Creamery for a couple of years with Ruben Nielsen. And uh, Ruben is actually back now running the uh, the Caves of Faribault, where he had come from originally. And uh, he's been uh, hugely supportive of our efforts to now transition and we formed a partnership with Alamar Cheese yeah. with Keith and Craig uh, out of Mankato and they've closed that operation and they've moved lock, stock and barrel uh, I didn't know that. Is that the Bent River Camembert? Yes, Bent, mm-hmm. Bent River Good Thunder. Good Thunder. Yes. That's yeah, my favorite. They're terrific. That's really delicious great. cheese. So that's uh, it's really exciting and while they will continue to produce those brands, their own brands they will also be making uh, uh, well, really, all the other products for us, uh, which is, um, you know, we're going to be doing a buttermilk. Uh, they're going to make uh, our butter for us oh. and making some more fresh type cheeses, um, cheese curds, of course, yep. etc. And so they're fantastic. So now we've got cheese, we've got milling, baking, and red table meat. Meats, that's kind of it. It's a hell of a that's kind of the con of the whole package. You've just, just, you've just described my entire diet, basically. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally like, who needs a vegetable? God, seriously. Yeah. 
So you guys, so this is it. You really have to like kind of come around and brought everybody in, and you you guys have made Kieran's Kitchen so that it kind of sources from there and other local. Obviously, you are going to have like lettuce and stuff from local Correct. growers. Yeah, Ian has uh, Ian Gray, who's the executive chef with a great reputation and a really talented guy, uh, has fantastic relationships with a lot of the uh, the farmers at the farmers markets and also uh, some of the outlying farms where he sources most of his greens from, uh, the vegetables, and also, um, you know, other people that have niche-type products mm-hmm. that he's developed relationships with. This is uh, the Singing first time. Hills, uh, yeah, Singing Hills Dairy. Uh, yeah. This is the first time we're seeing Ian back in a full-service kitchen, too, and not just the Curious Goat food trucks that he had in a Correct. while. Yes. I think one of the, like, if I think back on the last, like, 10 years of eating, yeah. some of the food that he made is the most memorable for me, actually. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. He's a really, I, I've never had had goat ribs before, and when he first put those in front of me at his place over in Uptown, yes. yeah, I was the just, house was yeah, house. Right. I was just blown away at that they were so delicious mm. and that you could eat them and they were fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was a kind of a natural transition too because Ian was very familiar with everything that we're doing at Food Building because mm-hmm. he had sourced products uh, from us for his restaurant and also for uh, for the food truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got it from uh, Bakersfield and also from Red Table. And so he understood, He obviously he knew the people involved, but he also understood the, prod- uh, the products as well. And uh, it's a great What I love, so you're going to do a couple of things you can get only here, right? I mean, like in terms of these donuts we're talking about earlier. Yes. Like Bakersfield is known for obviously their breads. You can buy those at the co-ops and you can find them around town. But they're doing, you guys are doing fresh donuts. We are. Yeah, twice a day. Twice a day. (laughs) That's nuts, Uh, you guys. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, and you know, and the flour is milled. Yeah. uh, And then just... Right into those fryers. Right into the fryer. Into, put a little sugar in it, there and go. It, it literally couldn't get any fresher right. than that. And uh, I know Steve and his whole crew, and he is a very talented crew, are excited about it. And uh, hopefully we do uh, them full justice with the presentation uh, within Kieran's Kitchen as well. And uh, people get to, to enjoy them. But, uh, you know, mentioning that, though, we do have fantastic supporters out there in the marketplace. I mean, really, the, the co-ops have been unbelievable in terms of we wouldn't have survived without uh, without the co-op support without our friends at right. Thirdix this is true amazing to us as well at France 44 I mean many of the restaurants in town as well uh, particularly on the higher end that buy our flour and uh, and some of them buy the breads as well and the meats also uh, and so I could name I, I won't name any of them uh, simply <laughs> because then I'll leave somebody else yes and then you'll get in trouble <laughs> right but, but yeah but you can and then what's great is that you can I think come here and you can try some of these some of the foods in the iterations that you guys have made you know there's salads there's great you know uh, market green salads and and then with grain stuff and there's sandwiches of course we talked about there's a great hamburger ground and braised pork with fromage blanc and natural pickles that sounds so good to me or and then pastas Yum. yeah you guys have a lot of pastas which i think is cool made with flowers. of course that they're all fresh made as well with the flour yeah. from the uh, from Bakersfield. Yeah. I think pasta's coming back. 
Oh, yeah. I, I think, think so like too. the whole idea of like we're all gluten free with all of the different types of flours that are available now and the fresh presentations of letting like the pasta shine and the grain right. itself. Yeah. Yes. I think it's coming yeah. back. We had a, obviously yesterday was our first day, but we had a woman in from Philadelphia uh-huh. and she uh, told me that she's been here for 17 years. She is Italian through and through. <laughs> and she said the ravioli that she had and the sauce on it, she hasn't had it uh, in 15 years. Oh, wow. Oh, yum. Yeah. I mean, Singing that's Hills amazing. Goat cheese, uh, yeah. creme fraiche, chives, yum. And she was there with the bread and just sopping and mopping it <laughs> up sopping at the end. Up. That has to make you happy yes. to watch. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. She was, uh, uh, of course, in true Italian tradition, she was very demonstrative. Yes, manja, manja. <laughs> yeah. So we had, we had a bit of fun with that. That's great. And then you can also pick up stuff to go. So, like, you do, if you, you can come and eat there, but you can also grab the items and, and head out if you want to. So you'll have Red Table and Alamar and all those guys for sale. And down Bakersfield, yeah. uh, for sure. All day long, the market will be open. Now, our menu right now is is certainly, it's tight, uh, it's managed, and uh, Ian and uh, Zach Dumphy, Zach's the uh, culinary director and general manager uh, of the operation. Uh, they're really going to slowly build it out. Uh, and they work very closely with Mike, Steve, and uh, Craig and Alexandra at, uh, at Alamar. Like Mike was behind the counter last night uh, with the old fantastic uh, slicer and he was slicing for hours and talking to people and telling people just about uh, the providence of the work that he is doing. And that was exciting. People were really engaged with him on it. I can't wait to try this smoked carrot sandwich on rye with harissa hummus and brie. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, Yeah. one person's in last night and uh, the harissa, she said, okay, I need a jar of that to go. Yes. To mop it up for her (laughs) and get it going. I love it. (laughs) So what can what do you want people to know that you guys are open seven days a week? We're open seven days a week from seven to, uh, to seven a.m. to nine p.m. Uh, the kitchen, uh, the full kitchen is from eleven a.m. until eight p.m. In the short term, we will be expanding the menu. We will be and we'll be doing hot breakfast in yep. the morning. In a few weeks' time, yeah. we're just going to get managed and have it controlled as best as we can. That's and smart. And then expanded over uh, over the next four to six weeks. Great. So it's Kieran. Kieran's Kitchen and it's in the food building in Northeast and you can check them out and we'll put a link up to the venues on our website for you. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate the support. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. That was just lovely. I will have Kieran in here anytime just to talk about things. <laughs> just to hear them him talk about things. I know, seriously. There is... You know what's pretty cool? What? Okay, so I'm eating this. She did just put something right in her face and then decided to talk to the microphone. It's a delicious cinnamon roll. Yeah. Um, If you think about the craftsman and women mm-hmm. that he has in that building. Like Mike Phillips with Red Table Meats. I don't know how old Red Table Meats is, but we've been on the air together. I think we've decided like 12 or 13 years. Yeah, we keep adding a year on it. Yeah, and he was he was the... Do you remember the first time like you encountered him? Yeah, at I the mean, Craftsman, Craftsman restaurant yeah. and you like, had his bacon and it was just like, wow, this is like a guy that's doing something cool. Same with Steve Horton. You know, it's just he's lucky he's surrounded by these really talented people. Well, he's also, I mean, like he's a, a talented person himself. Well, I, but he's he's worked. Kieran has worked hard to help these guys. I mean, like it's a partnership. And it's, he's a creator himself. Right. With I mean, I mean, the food building is an incubator. It's supposed to be mm-hmm. there to give people a place to go so that they can create these amazing products and these but things. But think about that. Like, 
I don't know. Like he, you know, he created um, two gingers. He mm-hmm. created what? Well, he had something else before that that I can't remember. Well, he was the chain of restaurants, the Kara Irish pubs. Kieran was Kieran's, and he was the Liffy, and he was the local. All of those were Kieran's, and he's just been a. He's been an entrepreneur. If you think about the impact of the people that he's supported and the people he's worked with over the last 20 years, mm-hmm. it's a pretty amazing group of talent. Yes. I think he just would. I think at this point he may want to just be fishing, but <laughs> instead but he's driven. He's, instead he's driven to do this kind of stuff. So. When I do the Makers of Minnesota podcast, I'm always like, you meet an entrepreneur and they just keep doing it. They like, can't stop. That's right. It's mm-hmm. in their blood. They can't stop. Speaking of um, fun things to do this week, so it was kind of the week of the arts for me, and then you were like the period on the sentence yesterday, because I started out, I did the First Avenue exhibit uh, on First Avenue exhibit at the Minnesota History Center. If First Avenue means anything to you as a patron or as somebody that supports the Twin Cities, it's fantastic exhibit. It is, really? So fantastic. Even better than I thought it was going to be. I don't know. Maybe you can look that up, Stephanie, while I'm talking about it. You know, there's the whole beginning of First Avenue and sort of like it's it's uh, punk uh, lean. er, It started with Joe Cocker was the first person that performed there. And they have like a video of that performance, which is amazing. But just the musicians that have gone through there and sort of that punk period and then the disco period with Uncle Sam's. It was this is kind of a sad story and I'm a little emotional today. So sorry, but. My sister used to go there who died and I kept like, I found myself when I was looking at the pictures. Yeah. Wondering if she'd be in the pictures. Oh. And so I had to stop doing that because that was kind of weird. That, well, it kind of distracts you. And I just real, and I didn't know I was doing that, but every picture of Uncle Sam's, I was looking at the crowd shots to see if I could see her. Yeah. So that was weird. But um, then you have the whole closing of the club, which was just a really dark time. It was in bankruptcy. Then uh, it got brought back. And then, of course, the whole prints. Like, there's so much rich history there. Yeah. And it was just a fantastic exhibit. That's great. It so, is, uh, goes through May 3rd, 2020. So yeah. you have plenty of time to And see I it. cannot wait to go back. I feel like you could go a couple times because each time you see something really different. Yeah. So do that. Okay. Then I had the opportunity to go to Tattersall. And I didn't even really know what I was going to. Mm-hmm. I stood in the in the where they have all the whiskey barrels, so I don't know what that room is called. It's basically a warehouse. And I was there to see this guy named Ross Golan, G-O-L-A-N is his name, perform his musical that he wrote called The Wrong Man. Mm-hmm. So here's this guy. He stands there with the guitar. Stephanie, he sings 12 songs on his guitar that all sounded strangely different about a guy that's un wrongly accused of a crime and ends up uh, going to prison. And it's like a 75 minute one man show through the music that he's been writing for 10 years. And he goes to people's living rooms and performs this in weird settings. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know what your politics are and not to get political, but in a time frame where our federal government has just brought back capital punishment, it's really strangely of the moment. This guy has been working on this for all this time. And it's a musical that has been produced by the people that are producing. It's the people that produced Hamilton. Yep. This is their first project after Hamilton. It's going to be just amazing. He's also done an animated film that you can watch about it. The music was just released on Interscope Records. You can find it on Spotify. 
It's called The Wrong Man. And I just was blown away. I literally cried through four of the songs sitting there. I happened to be Wayne McFarland, who is a local musician in town, was also there. And him and I just kept looking at each other like, is this really happening? This is fantastic. So I'm really excited. They're going to be on Broadway. It's going to be something. So check that out. Listen to the music. What's it called again? Uh, It is called The Wrong Man. The Wrong Man. Okay. And it's Ross Golan. Okay. Okay. Then you and I go to the Guthrie last night with our friend Stephanie Meyer to see the opening night world premiere of a play that's been written by written by a woman named Lynn Nottage called She's Floyd's. a two-time Pulitzer Prize winner writer. Like this is this woman is this woman is she's a she's a great writer, clearly. It um, is go ahead. Well you you well, I, it's a play about the about making sandwiches in a restaurant, but it's so much more than stop. that. Really and it's really about uh it's it's uh it's basically it's a truck stop, you know, in terms of it's really is a you know kind of a greasy spoon kitchen and all you see is the kitchen and it's really about uh a few uh you know kind of a motley crew of cooks who have all at one time been incarcerated and so it's sort of the sort of ex-con thing where it's a really deep dive into in that beautiful way of sort of how do you come back from your mistakes. And how do you reinvent yourself? And how do you find grace and perfection? And how do you take a life that is marked and 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 marked by a mistake that you've made? And how do you then go on from that? And all surrounding so, the simplicity of the fantastic idea of what is a sandwich? What is a sandwich? <laughs> Can we create the perfect sandwich? And if we do, how will we know we've done it? I mean, that to me, was like the moment of the entire thing. It's a beautiful... Listen, the characters are real. They are it's funny. funny. It is. It is. If you have at all worked in a kitchen, this is... Or like been in a restaurant at all, this is a play that will speak to you on that level, you know? And you will know everybody in the play. Yeah. Because they're playing sort of like these archetypes that are in every kitchen that you've ever worked right. in. There's the crappy, mean lady boss who traditionally would have been a man boss. I love that they made her a woman boss because... And she, named her Floyd. Yeah, she so was, it really doesn't matter that she's a man that's right. or a woman. Yeah, just like how tre- how to not to treat people. Yeah, and then there's like the funny romance that happens in the kitchen because I'm I know I'm married to my boss yeah. who I met while I was a cocktail waitress. Yeah, there's a, and but I mean it, it is important to talk to. I mean it is really framed out about uh, specifically how hard it is you know for you know formerly incarcerated individuals to find a new path. And in a weird way, they, they kind of get, keep getting stuck in the fact of the labeling of the ex-con. And there's one, uh, character in there, uh, Monty, who is a, you know, Montrellis. And he's kind of, uh, he's kind of their Zen guide. And he's sort of this iconic person who keeps, you know, but it's, it's all really, and you can really read into that. Anybody who has had a hard time and made a mistake and needs to come back from those kind of things because they make them so human. They're not ex-cons in that archetype way. They're just humans who have made mistakes. And so I think all of us can sort of identify with them. But the idea that it is this perfect sandwich and this idea that they find grace and hope hope through this idea of a sandwich at a truck stop for god's sakes and how that they can finally after being beaten down over and over again like take a stand even if it's about relish on this i'm not putting relish on this sandwich you know that's a stand that they find that they are personal they have found enough personhood of to all make. the and of all the injustices they've endured that 
is the one that is like the final straw that they get to be able, but they get to, they can, they can finally say, yes, I am. I am worthy enough to make this stand. I, I, it's a beautiful, it's so layered. You guys, I just, it's not a food show and it is a food show. It's not a ex con show and it is an ex con show. And it's just, it's just the humanity in it is so beautiful. And in all of it, you will want a sandwich when you are done. (laughs) And Stephanie gets out and she's like, uh, where are the sandwiches? Like, like, why aren't there sandwiches? They absolutely should be serving us a grilled cheese sandwich after we walk out of that show because it is. And I literally went home and I made my perfect sandwich. I, okay, because because of the new hands-free law, I can't have my phone anywhere near me. So my whole twenty-five minute drive home from the city, all I could do was think of what I would put on my perfect sandwich. So I got off the exit lane and went to Lunds and grabbed a couple things that I knew I needed. I went home and I grilled up. I. I sort of uh, crisped up two hunks of sourdough, and then I put on mayonnaise, and then I put on pickles, red onions, and then arugula, and then I fried mortadella bologna and salamis in a pan with Havarti cheese, put that on top, and then I put on uh, a couple of eggs, four-minute eggs. You have always been the sandwich person in my life. Ellie is my second sandwich person. Yeah. she. You talk about the perfect bite. She talks about the perfect sandwich. Yeah. Sandwiches mean a lot of things to a lot of people. Yeah, like I was going to bring it. Now. I still have half of it because I couldn't eat it all last night. I was going to bring you half. Now I forgot. But I'm telling you that there's something about also, and this is a theme in this play. They all sort of throw their thing out and they're like, okay, pulled pork with ca- Carolina slaw on, on a, a cheddar ch- biscuit. On a cheddar biscuit. And it's like this whole like, oh, yes. And it's this whole thing of who are you? What have you done? What can you do? What's inside of you? And a sandwich is that thing. You make your sandwich. Like you sit there like you. If I would have brought you my sandwich, you may have not loved it. But that's my sandwich. I saw the picture of your sandwich and I could have if someone random person had shown me a picture and said, whose sandwich is this? I would have known it was your sandwich. I really would have. I'd be like, oh, that's Stephanie March's sandwich. sandwich. I know. It's Um, good. I it was it's kind of interesting too. All Square, which is in Minneapolis, yes. which is the grilled cheese restaurant, that their whole premise is giving people that have been incarcerated a second chance to redeem themselves through working in a restaurant, through learning life skills, and through just reconnecting. I don't want to say redeeming; they need redemption, but also just refinding themselves after a mistake situation or after being incarcerated and trying to figure out what's next in your life because. None of us want to be defined by one thing. No. And mistakes get made. And and obviously mistakes are made in varying degrees. But still, their humanity goes, we all go on. And that's what we have to do. The show's at the Guthrie Mm -hmm. through August 31st. Yeah, so you only have this one month. It's in the proscenium stage. It's not the big one. It's the small one. And it's so, fantastic. It's fantastic. And tickets range anywhere, you guys, from 29 to 78 bucks. So totally, totally worth, worth it. it. I'm gonna Stephanie take cried at the end. I bought through half of it. Just- hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. We are in the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. So if you want to give us a call at 651-641-1071, you can do that. You can send us a note on the Twitters or on the Facebooks. Uh, we have gotten a couple emails, and we try to answer those as much as we can. I try to answer them sometimes as they get them, yeah. just to make sure. But a lot of times we just answer them on the show. You're so, going to talk about the best blender? 
I don't know if I have. Okay, Where's here that we one? go. Here's a question that just came in from Elizabeth. Okay. I'm looking for advice on the best blender to purchase for my 10-year-old daughter to use. She's been interested in making her own healthy smoothies this summer using mainly fruit, yogurt, milk, and ice. And I'm wondering if there's a particular blender or smoother maker that you recommend. Elizabeth, I'm going to give you the high and the low. Okay. The high is the Vitamix. Yeah. There's just, that is a fantastic machine. Everything about it is fantastic. Whether you're doing ice, whether you're doing chunks of frozen fruit, whether you're making sauces, that's amazing. But it's not cheap. Right. No, oh, it's not. It's like $700. No, they have a $300 version. Okay. But it's <laughs> not cheap. So for your 10-year-old, maybe not appropriate. Maybe not a, yeah. So then go for the Ninja Bullet. Oh. Lower end, easier, single servings. You just put your ingredients in there, twist it on, turn it over, turn it on, zoop. <laughs> All you're right. good. I do like a Breville if you are going to say, yeah. if you're going to go for something that's between those two and thinking that you also may want to do some blending, you know, of some way, shape, or form, a Breville is a good one to go with. I was so impressed at the food thing I went to. Um, the Douay from Lake and Irving just threw a bunch of chunks of apple and honey and vinegar and in the Vitamix. And that was his marinade for the short ribs. Oh, it was fantastic. Okay. Uh, we have a question about uh, from Karen saying she was looking for a restaurant to celebrate a 50th wedding anniversary in Stillwater or Hudson. Doesn't have to be fancy, but nice. Um, I had replied to her that I thought Feller, you know, the hotel or the restaurant in the Hotel Laura is a good option mm-hmm. because it's beautiful, but it's not. You can still get a burger there if you wanted to, but they have great. It's not too fancy. It feels comfortable, but it feels elevated. Um, and then I said, if you want to go for something a little bit more fun and raucous, I would go down to Lolito, which is the taco bar and taco and tequila bar that was opened by the Lolo's, uh, American kitchen kids in the old Pearl and the thief spot. Those are my two wrecks. All right. Uh, here's one that I was really kind of racking my brain on. Yeah. Do you have a suggestion for a cigar smoking husband to smoke a stogie before a twins game? I, I, I do not. I know. I don't know. There you used to be to... a cigar lounge over by Fine Line, but I don't think that's there anymore. And you can't just smoke cigars outside because... I think you can, though. Well, you can, but there's a lot of places that don't allow you yeah. because they don't allow you to smoke outside either. You know what I'm saying? So... I mean, you can smoke outside of... Not in a lot of places. You really, really can't. God, I don't know that. No, you can't have cigarette smoking anymore in a lot of places outside. So a cigar <gasps> kind of falls in line with that. I have no idea. I have um, zero ideas. So here was my idea. Walk from the stadium over like into the North Loop and on the walk, show yeah. your cigar. I know. <laughs> I'm sure that's not what he wants. No, it's not. So if anybody, you can always 651-641-1071. Call yeah. us. If you guys Facebook have an idea. Us, tweet us at Stephanie's Dish, at Stephanie March, and we'll come up with a better solution. The only thing I could think of was, honestly, there's a private club called brick and mortar you know you kind of have to join the club and then so you can smoke your cigar and then they have a great rooftop and they're right by the stadium but you have to join or you have to know somebody to go um so there's that our friend ricky is a, is a fan of that so this was an interesting one someone asked us about our by the way 651-641-1071 if you want to give us a call we'll take your call live on the air um there was somebody had asked us about the zucchini cake the chocolate zucchini cake from zoe bakes and then she said speaking of bunt cake can you recommend a good pan every pan that i've tried ends up burning the cake i think that might be user error i don't think that that's a pan i agree because there is no better bunt pan 
than bunt. the Nordic wear bunt. Bunt. Just buy the bunt. Yep. I think that maybe either your oven is miscalibrated and maybe you should think about trying to find where the hot spot is if you're shoving it too far back. Or maybe you're not testing it far enough when you test in and so you're leaving it to go too long. Because I don't think it's the pan. No. Those Nordic wear bunt pans are foolproof. Yeah. I like, don't... perfect every single time. And I will... I mean, I've had... like, But every time I've done something wrong, it's totally been user error. Meaning I have had a burnt bottom bunt and I would say that I can't say that three times fast but if I did I would say that it was mostly because I shoved it into the way back or I didn't test it you know soon enough and it was totally my own fault so I would say be a little bit more diligent and maybe test it more like if it's a 30 minute recipe to check I would check at 20 yep. check again at 25 just be diligent I'm gonna make that uh, cake I think for Ellie's birthday the zucchini so, cake yeah, yeah keep I might your make eyes that out too. on the insta I just don't want to it's, I don't want to heat my kitchen up right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally understand. Um, someone gave us a question about if there is a reasons why Baker Square and Chili's are closing. Are there other chains in Minneapolis that are having a rough time? That was an interesting question, I thought. Um, you know what? Famous Dave's is closing stuff, too. Remember, they just closed their barbecue and blues and uh, and their takeout portion in Uptown. There's just a lot of consolidation happening in the, and I think that happens because there was a lot of growth with, uh, you know, chain restaurants that tend to kind of reach really far. They try to go from my own personal experience in growing a couple of chain restaurants. I can tell you, you get on that wagon and you start to go. And then you sign leases and then you open restaurants and maybe you're not ready and all that kind of stuff. It's also very expensive to be a chain restaurant in the state of Minnesota, particularly St. Paul. And particularly Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Yep, because our minimum wages are higher. There are obligations for health care. Oper- uh, the property taxes in St. Paul are yep. very tough right now. Uh, they were, I think they were just raised like 9% or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they wanted to raise them 20. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff happening with that. And I mean, again, there's correction with large companies and that kind of stuff. We never, there's nothing like, and then again, those ones we all just named are tired concepts. It's maybe time. I think yeah. that they're off of so the popular way. Applebee's is still open at the University of Minnesota. When I drove by there the other day, I was like, whoa, Dude, is that still there? You know what I saw in St. Cloud? Ciotis. <laughs> Stop it. All right, gang, this is a weekly dish. We're going to be right back with a second hour of great fun stuff for you. So stay tuned. We're brought to you by El Burrito Mercado. Who is still open after 40 years. There you Imagine go. Imagine that.